Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Do you want to hear an interesting historical fact? Fun fact, I always want to hear an interesting historical fact. Continue. Lizzo, you know, the the musical genius that she is, who is really good at playing flute and twerking at the same time. Is this going to involve the Library of Congress? Yes. Continue. She was uh, shown the 200-year-old <gasps> crystal flute. Oh, oh, what's the name of the librarian? Who showed her the crystal flute? Would that oh. be Carla Hayden? Carla, yeah. Carla Hayden, Carla yes. tweeted at Lizzo. And Lizzo tweeted back, I'm coming, Carla! <laughs> and she came, and she got to play this old, beautiful flute. And the video that they posted is just magnificent. I saw that it had happened. I did not see the video. I, I did see that Lizzo's nails were amazing. Yeah, well, and then she also played the flute during one of her concerts. They presented it while she was on Whoa! stage, too. But I want to show you the video of her playing in the halls where the flute just yeah. e- echoes and reverberates, and we should put it in the show notes. All right, we will put it in the show notes because I did want to see that, but it was through Facebook, and I tried clicking on the link, and the link didn't work. And, and now I just want there to be a Netflix show of Lizzo playing haunted artifacts. Oh, my gosh, I know what the next one would be. You know that Benjamin Franklin invented his own instrument, the harmonium, and it's a series of, it's basically, you know when you get a glass and you like lick your finger and then you move it around the outside, it makes that weird haunted sound. He put a bunch, basically side, imagine like a bunch of glasses side by side, and then you like play them in some way, and that was the harmonium, and he totally loved it, but it was impractical for traveling because, you know, glass breaks and right. all. But yeah, she should do that next. Okay. Glass flute. Glass harmonium. Okay. Glass is awesome. <laughs> Just every, I'm, I was trying to get like segue haunted into. Well, and honestly, I think that works because yeah, both both make sort of haunted sounds and a haunted uh, book that you're gonna give me. I have a haunted book. Yes. I not only, I'm feeling very proud right now. I not only have for you a haunted book. I have a haunted book illustrated by the granddaddy of haunted books, the granddaddy of haunted books who. To be perfectly frank, everyone, he did a lot of picture books, but not many of them were for children. All right. Is this the scariest stories to tell in the dark? No, night? no, no, no. I it would be so cool. That would be so great if Stephen Gamble was the guy I was talking about. This guy precedes Stephen Gamble as the granddaddy of Haunted Book. And when I show you the book, you're going to know instantly who he is. We I'm don't need so to excited. introduce ourselves or what the show's oh, about, right? Fine. <laughs> I was so excited that I completely Kate, forgot that. We review that. children's picture books, and you're Betsy and I'm Kate. Let's go. Okay, we talk about picture books and whether they're classics or not. Awesome. Yep. Here it comes. The Shrinking of Treehorn by Florence Perry Heidi. Sure. Illustrated by Edward Gorey. Edward Gorey. Okay, he is one of the very rare picture books that he actually illustrated that were intended for children. I'm not saying he didn't do picture books, but a ton of them 
thank you, Haunted Couch, were not for kids. Uh, this was intended for children, but it has a distinct, gory style. Cool. Interesting. Yes. Kick off Halloween right. Kick it off right, baby. While Kate does her read, I will give you a little background information on Edward Gorey. I will actually give you a little background information that I'm personally connected to. Ho, 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 ho. But not at first. Okay. So Edward Gorey, born, as I'm sure we all know, Edward St. John Gorey. Um, his house, the Edward Gorey house, which he owned from 1979 until his death in 2000, is a place that you can visit. You can go and visit it. Uh, since 2002, it's been open to the public. What you may not know is that he grew up in Chicago. He actually skipped several grades, and then his family moved to a couple different places within Chicago. I like to think that Evanston might have been one of those places. Uh, I have literally no reason to believe that. He would go on, he became an author, but he worked for publishers for quite some time. And this is where I come into the story. I went to a party once in New York City where Norton Gister and his wife were in attendance. It was a dinner party. It was a bunch of ex-publishers at the party, and me! How did I get to this party, you might ask? Literally cannot remember. In any case, Norton Gister was great. He gave me the world's greatest insult. I'm sure if we ever do a Norton Gister book, I will recount that story. However, what's important here is at one point, it became clear that a lot of the people who were there had worked with Edward Gorey. And, of course, I, being a 20-something, blue-eyed, bright-eyed, innocent-in-the-ways-of-the-world person, was like, what can you tell me about Edward Gorey? They're like, well, he wore a lot of fur coats. Well, we all know this. They're like, but he never, and I mean never, he never wore socks. So, if you ever see a biography of Edward Gorey, where he is wearing socks with his sneakers, you'll be able to say, not true. Hey, can I confess something to you? No. Excellent. Um, so I read this book once a very long time ago, possibly when I started my children's literature career, and I haven't read it since. So I literally don't know anything about this book aside from the title tells me, which is that there is a boy named Treehorn and he shrinks. Well, let me tell you, it's weird. Okay, well, that's why I chose it for Halloween. It seemed appropriate. It's 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 strange okay, good. and unusual. That's, well, that was what I was going for, yeah. So we start off with this kid named Treehorn. Okay, first of all, who names their kid Treehorn, but okay. Right? Right. It's not a common name. Like, if I named my son Treehorn Bird, oh, children that... would have beaten him up in, like, Oh, that'd be a cool name, yeah. yeah. Treehorn Bird? What am I, rich? Tree, tree bird. Anyway, uh-huh. so he notices that he's shrinking. Uh, He's not able to reach things on shelves like he used to, and his clothes are starting to get bigger, like his shirts and his pants, and he goes to his mom, and he's like, Mom, I I think I'm shrinking. And she's like, Oh, that's nice, dear. What's happening with my cake? Why why is my (laughs) cake not rising? He's like, No, Mom, Mom, look, my sleeves are at the end of my fingertips, and my pants are, I'm tripping over my... That's nice, dear. Really, Mrs. Aberdale's cakes are always so nice. They always rise. Why don't my cakes rise? And I'm over here thinking, okay, I'm kind of invested in the mom right now. Yeah, what? she's did, trapped in this domestic she, sort of like nightmare. She, I'm just wondering, did she forget the eggs? Is, right? Is it the baking soda? You know what? If she didn't let the eggs sit out and get warm, often the cake will be a little flatter. <laughs> this is, the, prior, this That's is a pro tip, this the priority right now. Exactly, right? <laughs> 
My anyway. son's shrinking. Ah. Right. But then the kid, you know, it's dinner time and Treehorn is even shorter than before. You know, his mother is like, sit up, dear. He's like, I am sitting up. I'm just shrinking. And she's like, what, dear? And he says, I'm shrinking, getting smaller. <laughs> Do I have to spell it out for you? He's like, how many different ways do I have to say I'm budgeting buttoning over here? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this should be totally what he says. But the poor kid, he's being very patient. (laughs) I love that you turn Benjamin Button into a verb. It's a verb. That's just awesome. Yep. And uh, and the the parents are like, well, um, look, I... (laughs) They're kind of resigned. But the mother is still obsessed with the cake. She's like, first the cake and now this and everything's happening. Nothing's rising. <laughs> but I'm ching. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, I guess you are shrinking. And he's like, I thought I was shrinking. That's, and then he goes off and he watches television. <laughs> he just wanted that validation. <laughs> I just want you to acknowledge the situation. That now I am, let's watch That I am shrinking. Letterman, I and guess, now I want to go yeah, watch my nice. shows. He has 56 favorite programs. What's well, a lot for whatever year this book came out? 1971. Whoa! I well, I'm were there a... even that many programs on television at the time? Sure. Sure. <laughs> History. Yeah. Yeah. And I only know it's 1971 because the well, at least there's a calendar in the story oh. that says 1971. So I'm assuming. Oh, we know when it's set then. That's exactly. The thing. Right. Yeah. But he's watching TV on this rug, and I I just want to point out. Look at how many lines. There are drawn on this rug. It's quite remarkable. I actually gory... thought you were going to say how many lines were drawn to make each individual book in these oh. massive wall-length bookcases. That... I think the can I move I in there? I think the rug has more lines than the book. I, mean, I think it we is... can safely say that no matter how you look at this page, a lot of lines were drawn. It's Whether a... it's rug yep. or bookshelf, Gory had time. Yeah. Yeah. So the kid is watching TV, but he can hear his parents talking behind him saying, wow, he really is getting smaller. Well, maybe he's doing it on purpose. Why would he be doing it on purpose? (laughs) At this point, the kid's like, and the kid tunes out and goes back to watching commercials. At which point, number one, there's a cauldron in their den. Number two. Okay, there's a cauldron. All right. Number two, the commercial on the TV has a woman with very wiggly fingers. Wait, 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 wait. I got to see this. It this must is be the a, most stereotypically beautiful woman I've ever seen in an Ari, uh, Edward Gorey book ever. Look at her fingers. No, her fingers are nightmare fuel. They are very wiggly. Yeah. Wiggly. No, she has worms for hands, but and she's that advertising... is not a type of face you ever see in a Gorey book. I am shocked. Well, and she's advertising soda, I guess, but it's, yeah, it's terrifying. Wow. <laughs> On uh, multiple levels, I'd say. And why is there a cauldron in the background? Of the I don't know. It's not discussed. We're moving on. So the next morning, uh, the kid <laughs> is getting smaller and smaller, and he likes to eat cereal for breakfast. This is the page that has the 1971 calendar in the kitchen. Oh, yes, I see that. Yeah. So he's eating cereal. And back in the day, you could, you know, cut out the thing on the cereal box, mail it in, and you would get a toy or a pen or something like in the mail. Sure, yeah. And that's what this kid really likes doing. But he can't do that until he eats all of the cereal. So can kids do that nowadays? Can kids, like, cut out the part of the cereal no, box? No, the toy and... is in the cereal now. Do they even have toys in boxes? I haven't seen a toy in a box in a really long time. And right? I eat Cheerios freaking every day. So, yeah, no. Hmm. But you know what? You want to hear a fun story? 
Okay. Once I won a prize with uh, I won a He-Man toy from a Bubble Yum wrapper, and we never cashed it in. Oh, true story. <laughs> it's a great story, Betsy. It's a great story. Moving I tell on. all the time. So he, this for this Eurobox, he could uh, turn it in and, and get uh, a whistle that only dogs can hear. He doesn't have Ooh. a dog, but no, that's not the point. Right? He but he wants yeah. it. I mean, he gets all sorts of stuff. He says it's he says he gets like special rings and flashlights and pictures of presidents and pictures of baseball players and all sorts of stuff and pens and models and I yeah. Kind of miss that era. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he goes to his piggy bank to get a dime, goes to the mailbox, and he's getting ready to mail it, but he can't reach the mailbox, and his quote-unquote friend, Moshi, that's the kid's name, sure. um, you know, is, is at the mailbox because, you know, I guess the kid's getting ready to go to school, the mailbox is on the way, he wants to mail it. It's a hot place to hang out. He asks Moshi, hey, can you put this in the mailbox? And Moshi's like, how come you can't put it in the mailbox yourself, stupid? Moshi's like, got issues, man. Wow, coming in hot with yeah, the insults. Moshi just went from zero to 60. We do not know what's going on with Moshi's home life. I mean, he says that's that's a stupid thing to do. You're always doing stupid things, mm. but that's the stupidest. And I'm like, get a better vocabulary. Moshi's got issues. So he gets on the school bus. Um, even the school bus driver doesn't recognize him. But he thinks that he's Treehorn's little brother, also named Treehorn. <laughs> <laughs> He That's a different book. He doesn't believe that this is actually Treehorn. And Treehorn gets to school. His teacher is like, Ugh, well, stop shrinking. Take care of it tomorrow. We don't shrink in this class. And I'm just like, why is everyone so anti-shrinking? Have a little sympathy. His parents, his quote-unquote friend, his teacher. Everyone hates the idea of him shrinking. And it's not like he can control it. It's like they take it as a personal insult. Yeah. It's like when a person is like trans and they change their name or... Their pronouns and people are just like, and that somehow what, this is like you? affecting me. How right. can you do this to me? Right, that's what this is like reminding me. Of. Well, and it's to the point where like Treehorn just wants to drink out of the. It says water bubbler. At which point I'm like, oh, oh, is that that's what we had in Portland, Oregon? We had bubblers on the street. Well, it's huh. also a mid-Atlantic thing, a Philly thing. They well, say bubblers. You know what? Portland, Oregon was named Portland because of Portland, Maine. So maybe that was a reason why. <laughs> I don't know. I, History with the English major. (laughs) (laughs) So the teacher sees him trying to jump up into the water. I call it a water fountain. Trying to get some water. And she's like, nobody jumps up and down in the hallway. What do you want? You expect all the other kids to start jumping up and down? Go to the principal's office. No one jumps up and down in the hallway. Man, school in 1971 sucks. This teacher has something against Treehorn. Yeah, she does. There's some personal Mm -hmm. vendetta against this kid. Maybe it's because his name is too, like out there and she has such a her name maybe is, she intended to name her child treehorn and then he came into her class she's like damn the name has been taken already oh i don't know he but he goes to the principal's office like he is told sure and the i'm gonna guess it's the secretary she's manning the desk she's like look i'm having a very busy day i need you to fill out this form that fills out why you're here make sure you put your name on it it saves time write your name clearly that also saves time just check the box that saves time this is the most realistic part of the entire book i've seen so far she's okay. very efficient she's... and i am here for yeah, it yeah i i love this woman. thank you secretary yes. desk manager whatever organization administrative assistant whatever you mm-hmm. are so he gets the piece of paper that says, uh, you know, please check the reason you have to see the principal, parentheses, that will save time. And the options <laughs> are talking in class, chewing gum in school, talking back to teacher, unexcused absence, unexcused illness, and unexcused behavior. 
obviously jumping up and down is not a reason to see the principal because it's not a reason listed on this form. So he has to manually write in on the paper. We don't even know how old this kid is. I mean, if elementary school. If he's anywhere school. under like third grade, it's going to be hard for him to fill out that form. But well, all right. he's got a pencil and he writes, being too small to reach the water bubbler. <sighs> and then he wrote shrinking. So he knows okay, how so to that's spell honest. it that's at honest. least. Yeah, okay. I also like that the uh, the office of the secretary has a window and you can see like a little bit of the art that's in the principal's office because it's this gigantic swirly type thing. Okay, that's awesome. I just also, that I was, was admiring clever. the secretary's boots. Uh, 20 points for the boots. Eh, I give it a five. <laughs> what? Okay. Nah, anyway, so <laughs> the principal uh, says, okay, well, why are you here? Your piece of paper says you're sh- shirking. Shirking would make more sense. The kid's like, no, I'm not shirking. I'm shrinking. And the principal's like, oh, well, I'm very glad you came to me for I'm a guide. And I'm here to guide, not punish you. I'm here to guide oh, and solve all of your that's problems. That's a 1971 principal if I hear one, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm, I'm glad you came here and I'm glad I was able to help you. And the kid's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm our team is only as good as its coach. Goodbye, Tree Horde. And let me know if you have any problems. Come straight to me and I'll help you out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so many people I know yeah. who just talk and talk but don't actually do anything. That's this guy. Well, he thinks talking's the cure. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the kid gets home and uh and at the dinner table his parents are like, geez, you know, he He's still getting smaller. Maybe we should call a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah. At which point you turn the page and the mother do- does say, I did. I called every doctor I could. Um, but, you know, no one knows anything about shrinking problems. At which point I looked at the father and I realized the father is the bus driver <laughs> just with his mustache curled. <laughs> What, he's, like, daylighting as the bus he driver? He has a second job as the uh, bus driver because he doesn't want to tell his wife that he's not making as much that's money. That's why he was pretending he didn't recognize Treehorn, thought it was his exactly. little brother. Exactly. It. It, it all makes it was sense. The cover. It all makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 We'll put oh, a side-by-side side on Instagram. That means they're having money problems and he doesn't want his wife to know. That's, yeah, that's there's a sad lack situation. of No communic- wonder he's distracted. There's no communication or yeah. trust in this relationship. I worry about the future for the <laughs> family, quite frankly. Anyway, so the mother says, I called doctors. There's nothing that anyone can do. Treehorn, finish your carrots. So Treehorn, uh, the next <laughs> next morning. I'm going to pretend to lie that they're good for you and make you tell. Yep, pretty much. So the Treehorn, uh, the next morning, he wakes up and he's, again, still so much smaller that he has to jump out of bed. And he notices under his bed that he had this game that came from one of the cereal boxes that he never finished. I get, how many books have you given me where the underneath of the bed is pretty clean um this is not realistic maybe in the past mothers made their children clean under their bed it's, i'm going to assume that because it's very it strange seems really weird yeah well he's playing this game that's called the big game for kids to grow on and he didn't finish the game before because he was interrupted by his mom oh. And he had to go back spaces when he was interrupted. Is this a Jumanji situation? It is! It's a Jumanji situation! It's the game with real life oh, no. effects. So, and this book came out before Jumanji. He had no way of knowing. Yeah. So he continues to play the game as best he can. He's so small that he has to, like, kick the spinner in order to get it to move. And then he has to, like, he has to like grab his piece and kind of carry it over to the next spot. 
Well, it says, uh, you know, on the spot that he lands, it says, congratulations, and up you go. Advance 13 spaces. Mm. Well, each space that he goes up, he grows. Ah. And he gets a little bigger and a little bigger. And then he's like, you know what? I'm, he gets to the point where he was before, and he's oh, like, yeah. I'm going to put the game away. If ever I want to get bigger or smaller, I know where the game is. It's in my closet. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it I'm there. I'm not going to come out like a linebacker here. Exactly. Okay. It makes sense. So he practical child comes downstairs to eat his breakfast, and he's like, Mom, look, I'm I'm my own size. I'm my regular size. And she's like, that's nice, dear. <laughs> like, oh, my God. But be sure to tell your father when he comes home. He'll be so pleased. And then she goes back to the living room and starts to dust and vacuum. I'm like, geez, could this woman be any more domestic? It's getting sad at this point. It's, it's It was scaring me at the beginning, yeah. So he, that night, this is the end of the book, finally. <laughs> it's a very long book. He gets to uh, watch his TV programs, and then he notices in the mirror above the TV that his face is green. And his ears are green, and his hair is green, and he's green all over. And he just thinks, if I don't tell anyone, if I don't say anything, maybe maybe no one will notice. And his mother comes into the den, and she says, turn down the volume, comb your hair before these people come over. And she walks back into the kitchen. And that's Wait, it. that's the end? Yeah. That is terrifying. It's a weird, sad So this ending. is a commentary on the parents that don't pay attention to their children's in the late 60s, early 70s, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which, from what I understand, Edward Gorey's parents were not the most attentive parents in the entire world. So, um, But, of course, he didn't write this. He, he simply illustrated it. But, wow, that is a dark ending. Yeah surprisingly dark how perfect for halloween <laughs> well this is sad it's I mean. sad yeah well do, is it ratings time it's ratings time okay i think this is such a creative story it's it's interesting that there's there isn't a single character you can like except for treehorn all That's the true. others the, yeah even the friend the friend the bus Dirk driver Wendell. who doesn't recognize him and thinks that he has a little brother the teachers the principal it's mostly adults yeah we only see well, one other the kid. kid. We see one other kid. Right. But they, they're all mean or rude or just vapid. Uh, the illustrations are exactly what you would expect from Edward Gorey. And I like how the ending kind of leaves you guessing. It, but is this my favorite Halloween book? N- no. But it gets points for creativity. And I think this could be read year round. So it's not just like a Halloween book. True. It, it is a bit dated with the 1971 calendar, the uber domestic mom and the cereal box toys. But because it's weird, I'm giving it a seven because I like and appreciate weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's higher than I expected you would go with that. Um, I would say this is typical gory, except for that photo they, or that shot they show of the television with that ad. I have never seen him do a, a female face that way before. I'm still weirded out by it. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's fine. It's not necessarily his best work. And the story is interesting. There is certainly a point to it. The point has nothing to do with children and everything to do with distracted adults. And the hands-off attitudes that they had at the time, of course. But it leaves you wondering what's going to happen to the kid now that he's all green. I mean, the sequel clearly had to be a thanks or a uh, St. Patrick's Day book. Oh, because clearly, sure, green. yeah, yeah, he turned into a little leprechaun there. No, <laughs> or no. a tiny Hulk. No, yeah, <laughs> okay, the tiny hulking of Treehorn. <laughs> no. The hulking of Treehorn. I would read that. 
I would read that so fast. I am not as charmed by it. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's fun and weird and interesting, but I do not find it, you know, the best book we've ever done. I would say a 4.5. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. But however, with your seven and my four, I think it's a toe-over-the-line classic there. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. All right, there we go. Letters time. We got a letter today from Tony. Hey, Tony. Tony. Tony said, listening to your recent podcast for Entango Makes 3, I was saddened to learn you were not aware of the Henry Berg Children's Book Awards that happened at ALA Annual in years past. This would be the... um, you know, the Animal Cruelty Awards that, oh. uh, that, that it won an award for. Not for being cruel to animals, but the opposite. You understand. Uh, besides the author celebrities of our profession, snacks were served. Yeah. <laughs> One year, Joanne Ryder had won the Henry Berg Children's Book Award for poetry. She was there with her proud husband, Lawrence Yeb. That's a Newbury Honor winner. By her side. I got to mean Jean Craighead George, also a Newbury Honor winner. Or award winner. What a gift that was. An officer from the ASPCA, there's a law enforcement division, showed up in full uniform. What you really need to see is the evolution of the ASPCA logo. This was the original. All right, I'm going to show you now the original metal as it appeared. Please tell me what you see in this picture. Okay, so (laughs) there was a man that had a cart being uh, dragged by a horse, but the horse has fallen and the man is fighting with the sword, an angel. I think he's is... beating the horse. I think. He's going to beat the oh, horse. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in the midst of about to beat the horse. Oh, I thought he was fighting the angel because mm. the angel also has a sword. Yes, well, I think she's preventing him from continuing to beat the horse. Ah. So, uh, yes, she is the intervening angel when the man, really all the man wants to do is beat his horse to death. Can't a man just beat his horse to death when he wants to? No. Um, the answer is no. The, the letter continues to say, the story as I heard it was, Henry Berg had witnessed this scene in the streets, probably not with the angel, and he started his animal welfare organization to prevent this kind of cruelty. I never miss an episode. Thanks Aww. to you both. Aww. I know. Thanks, I, was, I told him that was quite... Quite the compliment that he never missed an episode. So thank you very much, Tony. Thanks, that's Tony. A, that's the, that's so nice, Tony. Grown up things we like. Okay, well, since we're doing like creepy books this month, I kind of wanted to give creepy recommendations. All right, all right. And I started watching Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey oh, Dahmer story. They took off the LGBTQ tag for that recently. That's, uh, that's due good. Due to objections. Which I understand. Yeah, yes. it, it's a uh, it's a Netflix show starring Evan Peters. Uh, if you're not familiar with Evan Peters, he's an actor who most recently played Quicksilver in WandaVision, uh, but he's oh, has yeah. starred in a lot of American Horror Stories. This guy knows how to play crazy well. He's won a lot of Emmys for it. Um, I watched an interview of him explaining how he researched the role, how he had to make sure that he wa- wasn't going to lose himself in this dark character and yeah. that and that the crew actually really helped him with that. And that the, sh- the show does a really good job of not embellishing what Dahmer did, which was kill and eat some of his 17 victims. So mm-hmm. you're not sympathetic to him. You're just watching what 
took place. Um, and Evan Peters does such a good job. It's incredibly disturbing. So if you want to watch something that is not kid-friendly and will make you sick to your stomach, check out Dahmer, the Jeffrey Dahmer story uh, on Netflix. Okay, so this is very interesting. I'm actually going to change my grown-up thing I like based on yours. Because as we read this book and we were talking about these 1970s parents who aren't paying attention to their kid, Mm -hmm. I kept thinking of a graphic novel that I'm very fond of called My Friend Dahmer, which was written by Durf Backdurf. And it was about the time when he legitimately was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer in high school. Hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer had major problems. And the whole theme of the book is that Jeffrey Dahmer was constantly drunk because he was trying to stop himself from having these thoughts that were so horrific and the grown-ups completely ignored all of it. Like he was clearly in peril and every adult in his life completely failed him. And that is the point of the graphic novel. So as a compliment to the uh, TV show that you just mentioned right now, I would recommend that people seek out the graphic novel, My Friend Dahmer, which was turned into a movie, but I think you should see the graphic novel instead because it is a fascinating look at this specific time period And also just kids' inability to help friends when friends are in need of serious help. Yeah. So. Well, there, there, didn't think we'd end on that note, but. uh, (laughs) So we ended on a whole lot of Dahmer. Yeah. And not as much gory as one might think. So, yeah. (laughs) Who knew? Hmm. All right. So this was a very dark episode. Very. uh, Now. Ironically, I'm I'm going to do a book with you next week. I'm actually even going to tell you what the subject matter is, which oh. I don't usually do. It's going to involve scarecrows, which some people find terrifying. Now, do you find find them terrifying? Um, they're a little creepy. Yeah, you will. Oh, <laughs> this book is okay. Uh, this is actually a recommendation from Lark, and uh, I had not read it before. And oh boy, I'm very excited that we're going to be doing it. So, okay. Yeah. Uh. Yay! Halloween! Yay! <laughs> and until I freak out Kate with Scarecrows, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye! Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our shrunken Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.